What do personality and poker have to do with innovation? Well, that's what we're going to find out when we talk to Stephen Shapiro on this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Check it out. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Active Campaign. This is really my new go-to CRM, ESP, marketing automation, really low cost. Any size business can get into it, uh, starting at like 19 bucks a month. You can keep track of your clients. You can see who is visiting your website. You can follow up based on behavior. Check out Active Campaign. There'll be a link in the show notes, but it's ducttape.me slash DTM active. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jansen. My guest today is Stephen Shapiro. He is an author, consultant, public speaker, which is, you know, the holy trinity these days. He has also been on this show. I think we talked about Best Practices Are Stupid, um, a fairly relatively new book for him. And today we're going to talk about something that is a book and a concept and some tools called Personality Poker. So, Stephen, thanks for joining me. Hey, John. Great to be here again. So, on Personality Poker... Um, Obviously, you're playing on the metaphor of the card game, but what is the point of personality poker? Well, the general idea is that uh, as human beings, we, we hear this expression, opposites attract, and the reality is opposites don't attract, opposites detract. So if you think about the workplace, we tend to want to surround ourselves with people who are similar to us. And I mean, this, look, this is good for getting things done if you want to be efficient, if you want to have a good time, but having spent you know over 20 years studying innovation, that rarely leads to innovation. We need people with different perspectives coming together in a very specific way to drive innovation inside of organizations. And, and your um, feeling is that a lot of times people have a tendency to hire people that are like them and so consequently almost insulate themselves from innovation. Yeah, I mean, I, I always joke that if, you know, if you always hire people who fit the mold, the business will grow mold. Uh, and I think that's what we do. We, 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 we breathe. I mean, look, let's face it. We're in similar industries in terms of you know, speaking and writing. And if I hang out with speakers too long, I'm just breathing the same oxygen. It's fun. It's easy. We speak the same language. But there's a point where it limits my ability to take my business to a whole new level. Yeah, really, I know I, I'm supposed to be a marketing person. I'm supposed to know how to do marketing and all things marketing. But I know that over the years, I have had some of my biggest breakthroughs by bringing in somebody from the outside and saying, what do you think? And and that person, you know, having that outside perspective, even though, you know, I'm supposed to know what I'm doing in marketing, it was really, really valuable. Yeah. And, and so the, the, the whole idea of personality poker is to recognize that, I mean, we, we were just talking about maybe different areas of expertise, but I also believe that different personality styles are critical to drive innovation inside of organizations. So it's not just hanging out with people from different industries, but it's also different personalities. Yeah, I think it was um, Tom Peters, and he probably stole it because, you know, he stole from everybody too, we, like we all do. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I remember reading a book of his, and, and one chapter was called Hire Freaks. And I think that was kind of his point was, you know, to get some people in there that didn't act and look and feel and smell like you. So explain the rules of, and, and, the, and there are props involved in this actual game that you've created called Personality Poker. 
Yeah, so basically Person Eye Poker is a deck of cards. It looks like a regular deck of poker cards with suits, colors, and numbers. Uh, but there are also words written on each of the cards. And so what we do is we deal out the cards, basically shuffle the decks, deal them out, and, and people trade cards. And the, the goal of the game is to get five cards where the words best describe how you see yourself based on those words. And then when we look at your hand, based on the suits, the colors, and the numbers, we can tell an amazing amount of things about who you are but more importantly, we can also tell a lot about who you are not. And that's, to me, always one of the key insights is if, if I have five cards in my hand, there's a 95% chance that I'll be missing at least one, one or more suits from my hand. Yeah. That tells me those are the people I need to partner with because sure. each suit ties back to a style, which ties back to a step of the innovation process. Well, so tell me this, though. I think that a lot of people, if you go around a room and ask people what their you know strong suits are, uh, they may not actually be aware of what they are, <laughs> or they may not, or they may think there's something different that everybody else perceives them. I mean, how do you factor in, you know, how we see ourselves as opposed to how the world sees us? That's fantastic. I'm glad you asked that because one of the steps of the process is actually gifting of cards. So yeah. usually what we'll do is we'll get a group of people, they'll stand up, they'll trade cards, uh, get five cards that best describe how they see themselves, and then we'll play a, a game of 52 card pickup. Hmm. And we literally take decks and decks and decks of cards, throw them on the floor face up. It's a chance for people to improve their hands, but it's also a chance to give cards to other people to, so that we can see how we're perceived. And you're, you're right. I mean, we don't really necessarily know what we're good at, and people don't even necessarily know what we're good at. So it's a triangulation process that we go through that helps people get a better sense. So this all sounds like a great drinking game. Um, is there is there science behind this? There actually is science behind it. Uh, we partnered with uh, Columbia College and Harvard University in the development of this. Uh, the Harvard component was actually building another third tool when we triangulate, built a third tool, which is all around how do we test our subconscious beliefs about our personality. Mm -hmm. And then the work that I did with Columbia College was all around verifying the, the words in the car. So we did a number of different statistical analyses to correlate particular words with particular styles, see which ones cross over. And uh, so we, we do have a fair amount of science behind this because the skeptical spades are probably wondering that very question that you just asked. <laughs> well, so how would you compare your instrument to some of the more, you know, Myers-Briggs and, and I know you're not trying to exactly be that, but, but some of the more, you know, the, the kind of test based um, types of questionnaire and personality tests. Yeah. I mean, there's a few different comparisons or a few different differences. I mean, they're, they're each serves a purpose. I think that's the important thing is to recognize. I'm not trying to create or recreate a, a disc or a Myers-Briggs. This is something different. Uh, the first thing is this is specifically designed for innovation. So each of the different uh, innovation styles, the suits tie back to a step of the innovation process, which is actually where it all started. Uh, but also the fact that we're card-based and we give people cards and we tell stories, that's really where the value comes from. When I give you a card, John, and say, hey, I think you're really creative, because remember that time we were working on this project? People love the stories behind it. Yeah. And I think that is the, the, the guy that I was working with to validate this. I just want to tell a quick story because I think it's really interesting. And it sort of changed my life in some respects. Like, look, I know it works, 
but I don't know if it's valid. He said, look, there's a difference between being useful and valid. Hmm. He said he was involved in some work where they were trying to develop a statistically valid test to determine if someone was depressed, and they spent millions of dollars, and in the end, they came up with a tool that was valid. But the most useful thing to determine if someone was depressed was, ask them, are you depressed? And so I like usefulness with validity, but not validity as the primary driver always, because I think if we get good conversations, the value comes from it. Yeah, and so it's it. I I, I think in some ways the diff, What you're saying is it it is not necessarily trying to test as much as facilitate in some cases, and maybe easily show you where you've got some gaps. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a great way to describe it, and I think sometimes you know we do have a tough time telling who we are, like very clearly, and there's a a, a lot of conversation we could have around that, but. We usually know who we are not. And sometimes a mm. fun way to play the game is to just put the cards out and say, choose the cards that describe who you are not. Yeah. And then you get a chance to say, okay, well, this is, not who, this is who I'm not. This is who I need in my team. And that's really, to me, the big insight. Yeah, and I, and I actually find whether doing something like this or just even trying to describe somebody's ideal customer, it seems like a lot of times uh, it, it's, it seems easier, just human nature, to say, here's who I don't want, you know, or here's what I, here's what, how I don't want to be perceived, or here's what, as you said, here's what I'm, I'm not. So I, I do think sometimes that's easier for people. Uh, you have a online version, a, an online game version, personalitypokergame.com. Um, is that something that somebody can, can really run this fully, or is that really more just to, hey, play around with it so you get the concept? And it is actually shockingly accurate yeah. It's not designed to replace the cards because, yeah. again, the cards are about facilitating conversation. I think mm -hmm. you, you said it well. Uh, but the, the online game, which looks like a Vegas slot machine, basically in 30 seconds you will get a pretty good read of who you are. And people have told me that you know, in just a, less than one minute they get a snapshot that's probably more accurate than most of the other things they've taken. They can save their hand, share their hand, and it uh, doesn't cost anything. So yeah. that's another nice thing about it. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Thrive Leads. This is a tool that we use on the Duct Tape Marketing website uh, thoroughly for content upgrades, for slide-in boxes. Actually, we even use the visual editor for all the pages and landing pages that we design. So go check it out at uh, ducttapemarketing.com. We'll have a special link uh, in the show notes for today, and uh, check it out. Is there... You know, one of the things about personality tests that people talk about um, is that there seems to be a bias almost that we, we tend to believe what it is that test tells us, whether it's accurate or not. That's why so many people, I think, do claim that those tests are accurate, even though, you know, you can, you can run some analysis to kind of show them inaccurate uh, in a lot of cases is, is – and I don't know if I'm just rambling and not making any sense here, but it, it, is there a is is there that same type of chance for bias in just using you know simple words to describe people? I mean, of course, there's always a risk of any kind of bias in in these types of situations. But here's another thing that we do know is if you think about the typical test that we take to determine our personality, you're sitting there and you're thinking. And there's a part of the brain, the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, that kicks in, which is really that judgmental part. So as we start to analyze our responses, we are thinking, what's the best answer? How should mm -hmm. I respond? 
And so we are tapping into the conscious brain rather than the subconscious mind. And when you're playing games, when you're having fun, when you're laughing, which is really the environment before people start trading cards, we have a lot of fun getting people warmed up and, and just really in that mode of play. And at that point, actually, the subconscious mind is more actively participating. So we find that in many cases, we get a really good and sometimes a more accurate read just for that one reason alone. Hmm. So have you found that I mean, is there, it, 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 does the tool work better in larger organizations, in teams that work together all the time? Could, could you actually bring together some people that say we're assembled to collaborate on a project and, and actually have it be of value to them, even though maybe they don't know each other that well? I mean, is there, is there sort of like a scenario where it works better and some maybe where it doesn't? It really does work in all scenarios. I do think the most powerful way to use it is with a small group of people who have or will be working together on a regular basis. So I'm on a TV show right now, which is all around creating female, young female entrepreneurs. And it's interesting how the teams are formulated. It was totally random, but they were formulated around people with very similar styles. The creative people were with the creative people. The analytical Mm -hmm. people were the analytical people. And each of those teams are struggling. So we're bringing personality poker in behind the scenes, not necessarily on TV, to help the teams. These are small teams. Understand what are their blind spots. So these are people who don't work together other than like for the past you know, matter of weeks. So they don't know each other that well, but it really creates a sense of what do we need that we currently don't have. And I think that's really the whole conversation is what do we need that we don't have? How do we appreciate people who are different than us? Because uh, I'm a big believer that diversity is helpful to innovation only when we actually have an appreciation for what those divergent points of view bring. So so if a team then found that, okay, we now know what we do have and we do know what we're missing, I mean, w- would you make a case for saying, okay, that, that allows them to go out and say, hey, let's go find this? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean you have to hire somebody onto right. the team. In some cases, it could be a freelancer, a contractor. I mean, if you think about, uh, you know, companies, you know, they bring you in because you bring in something to the organization from a marketing perspective that they don't have. So it doesn't mean you have to be on the payroll uh, as a, you know, W2 employee, but you should be uh, definitely aware of when you need these different styles. Because if you don't, we've, we've done so many tests that show that innovation will fail if you don't do that. So have you seen people uh, successfully, you know, buy the product because uh, you, you can just purchase it, right? The, yeah. the the card deck. So have you seen people successfully then use it just kind of in a DIY format? Or do you believe it takes training, facilitation from somebody that you know that truly understands it? I know you also do engagements where you help people through this, but is it is it possible possible for people to do it effectively on their own? So the first time we sold the decks commercially was about ten years ago. And I had just done a speech. I was using with a prototype version in earlier speeches for a couple of years to work out some of the kinks. And I got a call from a CEO who said, hey, just saw your speech. I want to use it with my team. It's like, I'm not selling the decks. I don't have training materials. It's like, ah, I can figure it out. And we talked afterwards. The things he did in his organization blew my mind. He gave me things that I had not even thought about that he could do with his organization. Hmm. So people can do it on their own. We now have what we call the starter kit, which is a series of videos, you get to see me actually delivering a whole session for 45 minutes. Mm. There's 
instructional videos. So that's there if people want it. But it, it's amazing how so intuitive. It's sort of like an iPhone. You don't need the instruction manual for an iPhone. It's pretty intuitive, and I think that's what people like. So where can people find out more about um, whatever version they want to? I know I already gave the URL for personalitypokergame.com, but if they want to buy the starter kit, they want to see the video, or maybe they want to hire you to come out and just facilitate. I mean, personalitypoker.com is probably the best place because if you go to personalitypoker.com, you'll find the game, you'll find the videos, you'll find the decks, you'll find me. That's sort of the simplest way. Okay, so... A bridge from, we've been talking mostly about uh, the deck itself, but as you said early on, uh, it's really about facilitating innovation. So you also have some other resources um, and work that you do to, you know, let's say we've got the team together, we've done personality poker, you know, how do we now get more innovative? Yeah, I mean, I use personality poker as almost like a, a starter Right. for innovation conversations. It's actually a small part. So, for example, a lot of my work is uh, spent talking with companies about differentiation. How do you distinguish yourself in the marketplace from the competition in a sustainable way? How do we ask better questions uh, as a means of driving innovation? Now, all of this ties back to personality poker. Every single thing that I teach with my clients links back to a step of the personality poker process. But personality poker itself is a very small fraction of the work that I do with clients to create a culture of innovation. And I'm I'm looking at I know you have a um, a course, innovationgym.com. Uh, is there anywhere else you want to mm -hmm. send, send folks? Um, if you go to stevenshapiro.com or stevenshapiro.com, since there's only a way to spell Steve, yeah. uh, so go to stevenshapiro.com. I have. I have the, my, my e-learning course. I have a, something called the 30-Day Innovation Challenge, which actually is a mobile game, uh, which is really a lot of fun. But I also have a lot of videos and other free resources. So that's the best way to learn about me and what I do. Well, and we'll have all the, the links uh, in the show notes uh, for the various things we talked about. And maybe I'll even uh, I'll go ahead and do the uh, personality poker game, and I'll let you know uh, what, I, what I turn up. Excellent. Do me a favor. When you do it, when you get your results, save your hand. You just type in your name in there or whatever you want. Save your hand, and then you can send me the link to it, and I'll be able to see your all your hand, your cards, your description, and everything. Okay. Well, and then you can uh, tell me what I'm what I'm missing, where I'm broken. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Steve. So great to catch up with you, and uh, really interesting. Uh, concept and tool so uh hopefully we'll uh we'll see you out there on the road soon awesome john thanks so much